Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Mitch. And I'm Greg, and this is Side Note podcast where every episode we tell stories about and then debate a controversial topic and then we research and splice in all the mind-blowing shiznit throughout so you are entertained while simultaneously learning today we are going to be talking about conspiracy theories if you haven't heard youtube is coming under a lot of fire for the proliferation of conspiracy theories so as people who work on youtube we're going to give our take but first we're going to tell stories about the conspiracy theories that we grew up believing in and then we're going to go off on youtube and other youtubers who are using conspiracy theories and sort of the biology behind how they work in order to become popular on the platform today's side notes will be presented by me greg and rachel hey friends Let's get into it. Hi, Greg. Hey, Mitchell. What's up? <laughs> Not much. Um, we saw Dear Evan Hansen this week. That's something new. Oh, yeah. In Toronto, uh, which was fun. Did you like it? Greg no. thinks it's like a weird... No, you didn't like it at all? <laughs> no, that I didn't like it at all. It's just very... I thought it was not well put together. It's like, is this serious? Is this funny? It's about suicide, Both. and I just, yeah, no, I didn't never find it, it that funny or that, yeah, yeah, didn't land. So I, there are parts of it that I enjoyed. I like the music. I don't mind the story, but then if you step back every now and then, you're like, comparing this to other, like, art that does get very serious and touches really well on that, you're like, okay, this is, like, kind of a child's The music is amazing. Yeah. That's what is. I will say, but other than that, I was like, okay, this is weird. Don't need to see this again. But no. I love musical leader. The only re- time I did cry was that, there's like a mom son moment in the musical, and then in front of us there was a mom and two kids, oh, yeah. and she like put her hand over and like and they kind all started of, crying. Yeah, hugged the kids, and then the kids were like, "Mom, stop!" And then they all like started crying. Like, and I was like, "This family made me cry." Yeah, when we were leaving, beautiful. I wanted to be like, because the so point much. of that story in the sense is like the mom is a single mom, and I think she, it was a mom with two daughters, and there was no father there. Doesn't, and so I assume. That oh my god, you really mom. created a narrative. Like maybe well, the man wasn't didn't go to the. It's possible, musical. but she was touching them in a way because the mom was literally singing on stage. About about being a single mother and how hard that was. Yeah. And so oh. I was like, oh my God, this is so touching. Comment Corner. Today's comment is from Joshua Spellman, and he got the handle at Joshua Spellman, but with an underscore. Okay, so he wasn't the first one. He said, all these Marine Land references have me triggered on hashtag side note podcast. I went there a lot as a kid and was headbutted by a deer. Okay, I didn't know there was deer there. Touched beluga shit. Okay. <laughs> and got a second degree burn from my mother's cigarette. Oh, and the animal cruelty. But I did get a sick rainbow fanny pack, rainbow whale emoji. Okay, wow. So these are just other great reasons why Marine Land is trash. I didn't go there growing up, thankfully, but if I did go, it probably would have been with a picket sign. Oh, what did we learn this week? Gregory Brown, what did you learn this week? 
So I learned this week from a professor at the University of Ottawa, capital of Canada, for those oh. who don't know. What a place. What a place. Wow, it sounds like it's going to be epic. It's like, epic. It sounded epic. like you were like in a lecture or something. From a university professor. I just love when I listen to science uh, news and it's a Canadian study. And I've noticed that a lot of Canadian scientists are highlighted a lot. Like Canada oh, has cool. good science funding. Okay. Anyways, this is about gentrification. So Gentrification is defined as when more affluent people move into an area of a city, usually where less affluent people have historically lived, and then they kind of take over, Mm -hmm. and the businesses change, real estate prices increase, and potentially it pushes the original inhabitants of that area out. So Mm -hmm. that's something something that we hear about a lot. It, It actually relates a lot to hipster culture, like this idea of... Be like the artists slash gays is sometimes a stereotype move into an area and then it like goes up in value and that's sort of like how cities like evolve and, and spread. Yeah. And so there's a lot of anecdotal stories about this, but not never really research. Mm-hmm. So this specific scientist wants to use Google Street View to actually document gentrification in real time by just looking at how buildings get renovated and put in like potentially gentrificated parts of Uh, cities cities, because they haven't really ever been able to study it that well so he's trying to raise money to ask google to give over like the documents and to actually Mm -hmm. like use an algorithm to study so that there can actually be like physical evidence yeah physical evidence so that we can like move forward with like planning and like maybe thinking of ways to keep the people who have historically lived there to continue to live there essentially gentrification we talk about it all the time but obviously you need studies and science to create action so that's how they're doing is that's really cool i will just add to that that a little shout out to some friends at Science Versus. They do have an episode on science uh, on the science of gentrification and it covers like what science is available right now. Huh. And it's really fascinating. Like some things that you think go one way, go the other way. There's no one takeaway because they tackle many different yeah. issues and see if they're true or false. I just found it really eye-opening and interesting as somebody who's like, a liberal thinker, but you're able to like both find things that you're right about and things that you w- wouldn't have known. Exactly. And it's something that people talk about all the time anecdotally, but it's good to ha- always have evidence to support claims. What did you learn? So this week I learned that um, teens sometimes know what's best for them and sometimes... What? Teens? Teens, like teenagers. Okay. You know, we used to be one. Heard yeah. of them. Um, and often solitude is the best answer. So there was a study that kind of looked into teens that spend time alone. It was like almost a thousand teens that they were studying. And they found that even though there's a lot of stigma around solitude or being alone, there were certain conditions under which it was actually a really positive trait. And so in general, if... Um, a, a person or a young person was, uh, how do I say this? Like they, they didn't choose the solitariness, or it was like kind of thrust upon them. Then it was associated what, like, with go to your room, or just like maybe not having access to peer support groups or friends or things like that. In like that loners? case, yeah. In that case, like being alone was associated with anxiety and depressive symptoms. Yeah. But in contrast, when somebody chose it for intrinsic reasons or okay. because they were self determined, like it, mom, I'm going my room. Well, okay, you're you're painting up particular picture but I just mean like even for us like when you're like I want to spend some time alone today like when you kind of take Feel, autonomy of that yeah. and go like I'm, I'm going to be alone I'm going to spend time with myself it's associated with really positive effects um, which included like your well-being um, your personal growth and self-acceptance self-reflection creative expression and spiritual renewal that makes sense my therapist calls it being full filled up full up like sometimes there's those moments where, like, you're around people. Like, for example, we're around people in our office all day. We're around each other all day. Right. And sometimes it it's, like, every single thing that you or someone says to you, like, ticks you off or you're just, like, you. It, that it's might be a moment. It's sometimes. Yeah, when right? you need to be alone. It's, like, being aware of when you're 
fill full up of In the words people. of Oliver, full up feeling uh, what? food. Oliver glorious. who? Food. Oliver Stone? Twist. Oh, Oliver Twist. <laughs> okay, Mitch was Oliver Twist in the Toronto production of Oliver the Musical when he was younger. Okay, everyone oh, bring round it back applause. to the intro. Round musicals. Um, yeah, no, I just thought it was fascinating because, and it, it made me self-reflect. Obviously, this was based on teenagers, but probably applicable to many other people. And that idea that when you are alone sometimes you feel lonely when it's not really a decision you've made but not to be afraid of loneliness don't yeah. let don't let the sort of stigma around it stop you from saying like today I actually am going to spend time alone intentionally okay I'm feeling kind of full up peace let's turn this recording off I'm going to go spend some time alone <laughs> in the corner Bye. story time story time story time story time today we are talking about conspiracy theories this is something I think is a very important controversial subject right now especially in the minds of us as YouTubers, YouTube proliferating these things all over online. And I think it's a discussion we're going to have throughout the next year, coming mm-hmm. years, as we figure out how information and misinformation is, you know, accepted throughout our society. And that being said, I think of you as someone what? who <laughs> I are you, what feel you to like you are Suscept- op- susceptible <laughs> to conspiracy theories, the way that you talk about your past even like people in your family like kind of like it's like I, okay, why is as that? much as I'm like so offended you'd say that but, it's but, like really true no but it's yeah, very okay, true okay, okay, you know how, like, like when someone tells you a truth about yourself and it like hurts that okay. they know it but it's like but I you're not you don't, don't think believe I'm... in conspiracies but at the same time it's really fun to play with them. yeah like and you don't think about... I'm being rude by saying that like I thought no 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 okay because I there's nothing you could point to that you actually think I believe a conspiracy but yeah growing up I loved the like not that I ever was into astrology or magic but something about those things definitely even as someone who went into the sciences like was alluring to me what do you mean so how did you like first start I don't think I ever had that much exposure to conspiracy theories outside of really popular ones like okay fringe, well, okay like, for me like the biggest and most prominent type of ex- um, uh, theory for me was always to do with aliens and UFOs okay. so I was just like utterly obsessed with this idea as I was younger and like Maybe because I was obsessed with the stars. Like, I loved, I was always the kid who'd be like, there's a satellite, found a satellite, look look over there at 12 o'clock, whatever, and like explain, like, 12 o'clock, that's so and, hard to explain. Uh, yeah, and I'm like, okay, that doesn't work with space, Mitch, but like, I would always be the kid who'd be like, oh, wow, I totally see that satellite, but you know I would never so see it. It's so fun when you have like a flashlight that's so bright that it's like a lightsaber in the sky and you can actually like point with it. Oh, yeah, especially if there's a bit of mist. Yeah, that exactly. really helps. Anyway, so like, for so long, I, my, a couple of my friends and I would, I would always be looking into like UFO videos. I On, loved the idea of Area 51. But is this TV shows, the internet? Sometimes TV shows. I think it was like we were the early generations of the internet and these weird websites being made that hosted like video clips that were of like blurry things in the sky or like shooting things through the sky. And I remember like watching so many conspiracy Area 51 videos about like people taking videos and traveling there and like trying to capture like footage and if you don't know area 51 was like a region that they believed that the government was hosting like alien technology like aliens had crashed they had taken their bodies kind of like you know um independence day with will smith so were you and your friends actually like building friendships around believing this for sure we would fully stare at the night sky like looking for ufos and anytime i'd see a weird cloud i'd be like oh my god i saw a ufo today i swear but i just remember one distinct experience like and in retrospect, I'm like, I guess it could have been a, a UFO star. Uh, oh. <laughs> no, but it was the brightest thing I've ever seen in the sky. And the way it moved was very scary. 
and it was just like shone in the sky and then fell down slowly and then just disappeared. But I had just and to this day I have never seen a shooting star look like that. So it just like we were all screaming. Okay, you have heard it here first, people. First hand evidence. There was a UFO spotted above Guelph, Ontario in the year 1998 by Mitchell Marker. Okay, okay, okay. But I'm just telling you, it I'm was real. I'm letting you know how much deeper this gets, though, because this is where the true conspiracy starts, and this is where, like, I'm in, you know, grade, uh, I'm, like, 11, 12, like, starting to use the internet, like, early internet days. There was a really big conspiracy about this thing called Planet X. Have you heard of that? Some Honestly, people also know of it no. called like Nibiru or something like that. Okay. So basically, wow, there was this... I was fully not in this room. <laughs> I was like on these forums. I was, I was on like the forums sucking my early thumb days. and listening to Celine Dion. Okay, continue. <laughs> so there was this theory and belief in people who perpetrated it that there's Planet X is like this massive planet about four si- times the size of Earth that is in the sun's, um, like, in rotation with Earth, but so far out we couldn't see it, but every 3,700 years or something like that. In rotation with Earth or in rotation no, with the sun? With the sun. Because you facts straight if you believe this. But the way that people would, like, and I didn't understand science at this time, so, like, the idea was that it was going to, like, it, part of its um, trajectory would be to pass Earth every 3,700 years, and they believed, well, there was two different theories here. One was that the planet itself was going to just like cause havoc on Earth because of like its gravitational pull. Like they'd say like the Earth's magnetic field was going to flip and all these kind of things that were supposed to bring apart Doomsday. But the one I was more into was like that this planet X had aliens on it and every 3,700 years they would interact with humans and that was the basis for like gods in the original like from like ancient civilizations Uh, had seen like UFOs come down they had helped them like build the pyramids like I had all these beliefs that maybe like aliens would it was supposed to be like in 2003 they were supposed to come back the planet's like on the trajectory again and the aliens will be back you are so I'm like you're convincing (laughs) me the way you're speaking okay I I just remember being on forums and like reading and telling people and like people were you like mom the aliens are gonna come I just think I t- would tell my friends about it. I don't think I ever told my mom because I was at that age where I like wasn't like discussing my conspiracies with my mom. But yeah, I genuinely believe wow. that. And then I don't know. I guess I just fell off of the bandwagon eventually when it like didn't happen. What are the odds that aliens actually exist? Well, there's actually an equation for that. The Drake Equation is a probabilistic estimate of the number of extraterrestrial civilizations within the Milky Way galaxy. Now, this isn't super accurate math, but rather a back-of-an-envelope estimate. But it's a fun thought experiment, so let's go through it anyway. Number 1. When we talk about extraterrestrial life, this equation isn't talking about some measly bacteria. We're talking about intelligent life, capable of communicating with us. Number two, how often is a star born? Astronomers have calculated this out as a couple, aka 1.5 to 3 stars a year. Now, that may sound insignificant, but when you consider that the universe is billions of years old, it really adds up. Number 3. How many of those stars have planets? In this experiment, yes, you can be an alien in a little spaceship, but you also have got to have a home-based planet. Thanks to NASA's telescope programs like Kepler, we know that for every star, there is roughly one planet. 
making our solar system of eight planets, RIP Pluto, pretty special. Number four. Of those planets, which fraction is capable of supporting life? This comes down to a lot of conjecture and opinion, such as that all life requires water. And for that to be the case, the planet must be in the habitable zone. That means it's not too close to its star because then all the water would boil away, but it's not too far away because then all the water would freeze. The last set of requirements is also a lot of guessing. Number five, what fraction of life-bearing planets actually develop intelligent life? Number six, and of those planets that do have intelligent life, which of them actually have the technology to communicate with us through interstellar space? For example, whales are extremely intelligent, but to our knowledge, they don't have technology to send messages into space, but maybe they do, like that would not surprise me. That would be so cool. Okay, number seven the length of time these civilizations are around before, say, an asteroid destroys them, or they have a nuclear war. If you combine all these estimates together, conservatively, it is less than one, meaning we are alone. But <laughs> before you stress out, other estimates suggest that there are as many as 100 million civilizations so though this is a fun thought experiment, we still have a way to go to discover if life really is out there. Because I wanted to say like, well, what do you mean? Why would is it the conspiracy like the biggest conspiracy of all time? Like, oh, Y2K. Well, yeah, Y2K <laughs> was so interesting. Oh my god, it was like the whole world was fooled with that one. Well, well I yeah, still don't understand it to this day. Well, they thought that because we had built everything, I think it was a really interesting time of computers and right. the the knowledge of them being new enough that it was a really exciting thing to get behind thinking mm -hmm. happened. And there was a computer programmer in my neighborhood who was convinced that Y2K was seriously going to have a giant issue but and my, they were they my were intelligent uncle couldn't be at new year's eve because he had to be his job in case something happened well what was his job he works for the government but he works in computers yeah that's what i mean like it was obviously a conspiracy theory in the end i'm sure to some extent but there was a lot of like important yeah. people convinced it wasn't that something i might just mean like it, retrospectively i'm like were we not all just believing yeah in the my parents conspiracy? were like i think again like i wasn't that into conspiracy theories that they were kind of like lol y2k not a big deal but then when this really like intel like their only computer science friends started to freak out like my parents <laughs> bought water and canned goods no yeah yeah, yeah, I remember that. I remember that because they were just like, well, we might as well. Frank over here That's is like kind of like, confused. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah, I mean, and I just remember like being so weirdly excited for that New Year's and just like when it hit, like nothing happening, being like, okay, I'm good. Disappointed. Oh, I was like, well, that was boring. The lights didn't even turn on. Yeah, I, like hoping it's <laughs> like that. So the conspiracy theories that I believe in are as of late. 
Um, oh, wow. Like what? So one of my personal faves is that Avril Lavigne has actually died and been replaced by a body double. Have no, you heard this conspiracy I theory? I never, ever. I've heard that about, like, the Beatles drummer Ringo Starr, I think, or some famous people like that that got replaced. But You didn't know Avril Lavigne? No, so Avril Lavigne currently walking amongst us is not the Avril Lavigne that we remember, the skater boy uh, aficionado. Okay. It is actually that she has passed away and she has been replaced by a new person. By a lookalike. By a, by a lookalike. Also, very similar voice, but, I mean, it's... It is. I don't exactly know the details of it, but if you go on <laughs> Tumblr, there are a lot of specifics. So when did it change? Like, when was the crossover? Oh, about six years ago, May 17th, I believe, was the exact date. Actually? Like, yeah. Do people believe that that's the date? I, I kind of oh, made okay. that up, but I mean, I'm, it, I'm sounds, kind of people, it, it like, has a ring since, to it to me. Like, people, like, analyze her voice, and they're like, it's slightly different tone ever I mean, since I love Avril Lavigne. Growing up, I grew up in a small town of Napanee. <laughs> I love her. We, Napanee, near Ontario, my dad used to drive, when we would drive by it, he would, like, turn into Napanee, and I would, like, scream, and I would get the Avril Lavigne pizza at the pizza oh, place. My God. Oh, I loved her. And honestly, she was making hits. And then, I don't know, six years ago, she stopped making hits. So where did that brain go? Okay, so that's one. <laughs> the other one is, I don't know if this counts, but Poot Lovato. Do you know uh, about Poot? I love Poot. I love Poot, Poot. Scootin' Boogie. <laughs> so I don't know if you guys also know this, but Demi Lovato has a sister who she kept in a basement for years uh, <laughs> named Poot oh Lovato, who uh, came out recently uh, to say that, you know, in fact, she had been captive down in a basement for years. And she, I mean, there hasn't been much talk of her recently, but she does exist. There's pictures of her online, and I think that's a conspiracy theory that I definitely bought into. Wow, you actually believe that? That Poot Lovato is real? Yeah. I mean, a lot of people laugh at Poot Lovato, but I'm like, no, that is a, like, she needs <laughs> autonomy. Yeah. <laughs> and I love her. Haven't you heard her song? No. My name is she sounds a bit like a snake, like she's almost like speaking in tongues. Anyways, <laughs> so weird. it's a really great song. Look it up. Okay. Um, but on a more serious, like contemporary note, uh, we both saw Us this week. And oh, I don't yeah. want to give any spoilers, but at the beginning of Us... Uh, the daughter mentions a conspiracy theory that I thought was interesting that I didn't know about, but I knew about the science of. And that is that in the 60s, uh, so water fluoridation is what it is called. And it's when uh, we put fluoride into the water. The America does this. Canada does this. It's Depends a way- on the city. Like different cities do. It yeah. Cities and it's 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 helpful. It, it, it helps stop tooth decay mm-hmm. because fluoride is really important. And the way that you get it is like, like what's in your toothpaste. Yeah. yeah. But the government is deciding to mm-hmm. do, in my opinion, something that is good for the health of right. their society. But there's a really big conspiracy theory that this was like a, a way to like get rid of waste or in us. She talks about how it's like actually the way that the government controls like our brains yeah. or like whether or not this is actually like damaging but as a scientist and someone who doesn't believe in conspiracy theories it's like no it reduces cavities by 35% in children Mm and 23% in adults like it's an important thing but that sort of framework of the daughter saying that in us being a conspiracy theory I think is an important part of that movie and I don't want to give any spoilers but it plays into that idea of conspiracy theories being like embedded into like the culture of America and how we sort of live For all you film buffs out there, the water fluoridation reference in the movie Us may harken back to the same conspiracy theory mentioned in Stanley Kubrick's classic Dr. Strangelove. You and I need fresh, pure water to replenish our precious bodily fluids. But where did this conspiracy theory come from? 
So since the 1940s, the government has been adding the chemical fluoride to the water system, which, just saying out loud, I get why water fluoridation may be a healthy target for conspiracy theories because the government is adding chemicals to the water. Eek, run for the hills. <coughs> but the science behind this practice is ironclad. The enamel in your teeth, which consists of a mineral called hydroxyapatite, begins to dissolve whenever exposed to acidic conditions. These acidic conditions are created by bacteria in your mouth. Your saliva normally... Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It works to fight against the bacteria and balance out the pH in your mouth so that your teeth don't degrade as quickly or as badly, but it can only go so far. When you add fluoride to your saliva, you can create another mineral called fluoroapatite. And this fluoroapatite is even stronger than hydroxyapatite. Therefore, if you have fluoride in your saliva, which you get from drinking the water, which the government fortifies with fluoride, you make your teeth's enamel more resistant to dissolving. It even helps to fight off bacteria and essentially leads to less cavities across the population. So thank you, chemical water. However, almost right from the start, water fluoridation was thought to be the beginnings of a Russian plot to instill a communist socialist regime in America. Do you realize that fluoridation is the most monstrously conceived and dangerous communist plot we have ever had to face? Others cited Aldous Huxley's Brave New World and their beliefs that water fluoridation was really just a way for the government to drug the entire population. Later, theories built upon this idea as claiming that fluoride poisons parts of the brain, making the population more docile and easier to control. And this is what is referenced in us. But the truth is that the Center of Disease Control and Prevention identified water fluoridation as one of the 10 great public health achievements of the 20th century. If you're in America or Canada or many Western countries, you can very much thank it for the fact that you have decreased cavities. Nevertheless, similar to what we're seeing presently with vaccine hesitancy, the conspiracy theories persist, despite overwhelming amounts of scientific evidence. And I think, I don't know, this is leading into our debate slash go off mm. about where we are in this state of believing in conspiracy theories. And I'm, in, I'm curious because 
I want to go off. I think it's a lot. I think it's really damaging. But of course, yeah. I wonder if you're maybe a little bit different because you grew up with them and you're not like damaged by it. Like you learn to true, think critically. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I th- it'll be, we'll have that discussion. It'll be interesting. Before we get there, I don't know if you have anything else to say about conspiracies. I have like one more absurd thing I want to tell you. About. Okay. I have two others, but I'm just going to tell you one. Okay, do the one. One is like I actually gave my little brother a conspiracy theory that I invented when we were young. Whoa. I don't know if I ever told you this. When he was young enough to believe it, obviously he doesn't believe it now. So I told him, we were obsessed with Pokemon when we were little, like both the TV show, the game, the cards, everything, like all my brothers and I. Um, so my little brother is like seven years younger than I am. I told him that he could become part of the Pokemon world, like it actually existed. Like he could become he Ash could, or whatever? Yeah, he could go and live in a world where he could like throw Pokeballs and catch Pokemon. All he had to do was get sucked up by the vacuum. And then that in the vacuum was the whole world you of Pokemon. You are such a troll. <laughs> The vacuum? Okay. So I would be was like, he, like, trying to shove his foot into no, it? No, so, like, I was like, do you want to go, Mike? Like, and he was like, yeah, kind of. And then I'd, like, go get the vacuum and turn it on. And be like, and I'd be like, but, Mike, once you're in there, you can never come back. And then he'd be like, no! and, like, screaming, crying. I'd be like, what? You don't want to go? Like, it'll be so cool in there. But, like, yeah. That- <laughs> so whatever happened? Did he ever commit and then jump face first no, into the I vacuum? I mean, obviously, no, no. I, it always ended up him being too scared because he, like, didn't want to never be able to come and see his family again. But, um, That's yeah. Beginning of like years. a kind of bad Pixar movie or yeah. something, like you know what I mean. It's like you to get this an day, owl. Whenever I see like a central vac, I'm like, wow, that leads to Pokemon. There's something in me that has like a central. Did you guys have central vac? We did. Yes, we lived not in the city, so we had like wow. garage with. A so then you thing. vacuum. I always never really even knew what that meant. It's like you vacuum into your wall. Any, yeah, into your wall, which then brings the pipes into the like dustbin. In that the garage. is an truly insane to me separate episode called <laughs> central vac is it worth it wow that's gonna absolutely go viral <sighs> all right well we'll be right back with our proper go off on conspiracy theories after this short break thank you so much for listening to this pod if you want to contact us use hashtag side note podcast and tell us what sort of ideas or controversial subjects you want us to tackle next with some stories science and debate And, of course, as always, make sure you rate on whichever podcast app you are using this podcast and leave a review. We want to read them. We want to learn from you. And we want to see what's up. Okay, let's get back into the go off section. So I personally think that this should be a go-off, not a debate, because I think that it's sort of, in my opinion, a one-sided view on this proliferation of conspiracy theories online. But I don't want to force you to have the same opinion as me, so we can talk about this in like a more open discussion if you actually think it's not No, 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 no. we're not bad. debating. Yeah, I didn't come in here ready for a debate. I literally am just like, you lo- like, you've been so passionate about conspiracy theories. I'm like, are they fun? Am I no. not? Okay, yeah, that, that, there might be some moments where I like temper my opinion and I'm a, a little different than you, but let's, yeah, I think we can agree that this is mostly a go-off section, especially because there's like some massive conspiracies around like things that have caused a climate lot of change. climate change vaccines like political campaigns being fronts for like pedophile rings and and things like that like uh, uh, shootings being faked you know what I mean like we're yeah. going to talk about all these things that obviously are are proliferating on YouTube and leading to also really negative outcomes so like yeah, yeah me believing in UFOs didn't really have a big impact on the world I'm not saying it couldn't I'm not saying that lots of people believing that might not be a problem but specifically there are many examples of uh, conspiracy theories that are leading to like violence and stuff. Yeah, like. so I think that it's important. So 
People probably listening to this know that we work on YouTube. So we are really always conscious of the trends that are going on. We are conscious of the impact that YouTube has on society. We're conscious of how we have to design our channels to be shared by an algorithm or to be successful online. Like we're always trying to think about that. And conspiracy theories now, I think for more than ever before on YouTube, are so popular to the point that YouTube is actually trying and being forced to really think how and why do they share these types of videos because they aren't rooted in fact. And so, and it's like anyone can say anything. anything. Whereas before, like not that it, no people couldn't say anything, but like news networks where people were getting most of their media couldn't get away with just like an unsubstantiated crazy claim. Exactly. And so I think climate change being used by President, I, oh god, every time I say that word, I just want to like pass out. <laughs> President Donald Trump as a conspiracy theory against business is something that we have to live in a world where there's actually a president who has talked about that mm-hmm. before. Like, climate change is not a conspiracy theory, and there for sure are people on YouTube who are proliferating that information. And one thing that really scares me is that when you really get into like the physiology and like the dopamine release of like sort of the thrill you get when you learn about these things and the unknown, and is that that type of information is going to be more interesting to people. Mm-hmm. This is one of my biggest like uh, challenges as like a science, as my parents, a science communicator. That's a nice way of saying what we do. Like science YouTuber, sometimes it's like, <laughs> that's I say that literally I'm a science. What we do. I know, I know. I just sometimes. <laughs> I just put it in quotes. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I know we're science communicators, but I just like, sometimes like, I don't know. I'm like, it sounds so like profesh. Okay, whatever we are. I'm just like, <laughs> we're science. Yeah. Okay, yeah, we are. We are. But yeah. as science communicators, this is like science is not necessarily always the catchiest thing. Like you have to try and spin it. You have to be really careful with the way that you speak. But with things like YouTube, you can say conspiracy theories, they can be as fun as you want. They can Mm -hmm. be as ridiculous as you want. And that is what our brains are designed to be interested in. And to draw attention to. If something's like dangerous or something seems extreme, your mind is like, I need to I need to be aware of that. And like the, and like mistrust in the government, that's an easy, easy thing to get on board with because it's really fun to blame things outside of your control and that's really scary when you don't have like effective journalism rules on YouTube which is why I think YouTube needs to decide are they a media platform like how are they going to stop this misinformation but realistically how do they Right. Like they with the amount of content that's uploaded all the time, like what do you think? So if you don't know, yeah, there's a lot of problems on YouTube just because like these conspiracy theories are getting out of hand and leading to serious misinformation. YouTube stance up until this point has been like, hey, like we can't monitor content. We can start to demonetize things, but we can't take stuff down because that would be well. What? A lot of it's about free speech too. Yeah, like allowing people to use a platform. I mean, but, it's but a they company. also hide behind the fact they're always like four hundred. Yeah, I think hours are uploaded yeah, every and minute. And it's, it's also like, like okay, but then you don't get to reap make the benefits. billions of dollars yes. off yes. of this unless you're willing to put like that's the problem. Yeah, like if they were a non not for profit and we're like it's oh, we don't know what to do like we have this beautiful platform and then it's just out of our control and we don't have the money to do it it's like no they just don't want to dip into their pockets to stop the problem they've created which is really frustrating I think. And I think that also they've tried like with that they want on conspiracy theory videos to have a link below to a wikipedia page that actually brings up the real information like that's something they're actually trying to bake into their algorithm i guess yeah i mean and that's like they probably can do that i i think that's at least they can of course yeah i guess i'm sorry my question is like how do how does the algorithm know when something other than knowing it's a topic that is ripe for conspiracy theories how does it know otherwise if something is a conspiracy theory how does it 
when something gets flagged that's real and honest not also get flagged as a conspiracy theory. Like, I mean, these algorithms and programmers are hopefully much smarter than I am, but there's so much nuance to this that I they should be putting the resources into. I'm just like, how are they going to do that? Well, okay, so there's a there's a specific, it's called Section 230, and it's like a literal like law. It's like in the Communications Decency Act, and it's a law that prevents YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter from being held legally liable for the content posted by their users, right? So it's like there's actually like a law that doesn't hold them accountable for what is said on their platform. Mm-hmm. And so that is something like, they don't get in trouble for what people say on their platform, and they also don't get in trouble if they make an algorithm that recommends those specific videos. Right. So I'm like, if law came into place that said, you know what, your platform cannot proliferate misinformation about vaccines, cannot proliferate, yeah. then then the they would have to obviously work under that law so they don't continue to get sued, and it would change. And I'm also like, even if the law isn't holding them accountable for everything on their website, it can and should be holding them accountable for what, what they, they recommend. Yeah. Exactly. Your algorithm is purposefully and maybe not like consciously by human brains, but choosing things like people are more likely to click on a crazy title and thumbnail that's really divisive and really controversial. Of course that makes sense. But they need to create an algorithm that doesn't suggest and profit off of those things. So I think we should talk right now so people really fully understand or what are some of these damaging uh, conspiracy theories that have happened online. So one, you were talking about a shooting. One was a reporter was shot on live television and it was awful, and it led the family in mourning to make a very obvious decision to start to advocate for proper gun laws in America. Mm-hmm. And then it was all of a sudden taken as a conspiracy theory that it was a fake murder, like used by the left to create like gun ownership, like trying to take right. away our guns. And that was very popular on YouTube. And so that family is now trying to like sue YouTube and figure out a way to be like, how can we because like, what would standing that have up done to that family? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the person I love is dead and you're trying to tell me that we were used for like that we faked it like that is messed up that's similar to like Alex Jones on Sandy Hook being done by actors and I know he's come out and said like oh it's often taken out of context like he was just reporting on the theories I think it's his whole argument like I didn't say that I was just bringing up that lots of people think that this is paid actors and it's like that's that's bullshit to me like you can't just say you didn't say it because you were just telling what like if you're on a massive platform sharing information and you're like all these other people think Sandy Hook is fake so maybe it is like and now he's protecting himself by saying like I said maybe and like I was talking about other people it's like no that is literally spreading a conspiracy which has led to those families being literally harassed not just online in person people showing up to their homes so many of the families of survivors have had to move multiple times it's devastating honestly you think as though like the shootings weren't enough. Just recently, a couple of people, like kids and parents involved in that, that were survivors, have committed suicide because they're like, obviously, their lives, not just from like people necessarily coming and saying it was fake. But that's something that I never thought like, like humanity would have to deal with is yeah. the repercussions like in the that. The turmoil angle. of somebody who's suffering so much and then spinning it to make them suffer even more. Which is why I do think this is a go-off because I think conspiracy theories now, especially proliferating on a platform like YouTube, whether it is uh, something like that, which is blatantly awful and based in violence, or even the Pizzagate shooter, the fact that that was just like obviously a made-up conspiracy theory that led to violence, those are dangerous. Mm -hmm. But I also think it's to be said that, you know, like these Shane Dawson videos that are 
like very popular because they're conspiracy theories, even mm-hmm. getting down to something like Area 51 on a platform like YouTube, you need to understand the impact that that has right. on people's ability to think critically. And I think YouTube is such a huge platform for young people that YouTube really needs to think about how are they educating a whole generation of people to mm-hmm. think about the world. Yeah. like. You need to understand what is an actual resource for effective backed information in fact. Mm -hmm. Because if you're getting your information from people's opinion and all these popular YouTubers, like that's going to create your over time, you're going to lose your ability to understand where real information comes from. And that it means a whole generation of people are being programmed differently. And that could have a huge impact on society. And YouTube, like we have been in baked into this culture for seven years, there was a time when it was like, we both were on board. We're like, YouTube is going to change everything. Like the hope for the, the future. F- it's the freedom. Anyone can say whatever they want. And that is going to be good. And we are living through a really interesting time in history where we're like, hold up. Wait, it seems obvious now, but that's mm-hmm. not good. Yeah. You need to have key holders in some capacity. For example, journalism, there needs to be editors and fact checkers mm-hmm. so that when you read the information, you know you're getting it from a viable source. Right. And it's like, and I'm it's scared. Like, <laughs> a, a, like one of those Pew Research studies found that it was like a half of people using YouTube use it for news and information about like relevant events. And so even if stuff is spliced in with that, like you're, you might, someone could say, what often happens with conspiracy theories is you start with a grain of truth. And that's what primes people to be like, hey, this is an indisputable thing. And or even in a news like YouTube channel, someone just saying things factually and then gradually bringing in the moments and tying them in that are not supported in any way. And it is really dangerous. Like, of course, we hope that people on YouTube, there are reliable channels and, and our channel. Is, I know we should talk about that like, because we are we are the same like no one's coming down on us if we were to do something wrong YouTube doesn't follow up with us and so it may like and actually and they trust us the podcast to, listeners need to know everything video we've made is based not it's all fake I'm yeah. just kidding <laughs> but it could be it's true it could like be. sometimes like I think about like if we not that we could start a successful conspiracy but like we could misinform people even incidentally but some some we could do it intentionally like if we want to make a video of fake science it might get called out but there might be hundreds of thousands of people that leave that video not knowing any better and so for the what do you do people about that listening we put all of our references in our description and we confidently call our channel ASAP Science. So we want to be held to the standards of science. And that does open up like we've had videos in the past where we get emails and people say, you know, this is my opinion from science. Like we've either changed them. Sometimes we take them down. Like we are really open to that because that's what we want. But it's like we fully understand the fact that we can put whatever we want on YouTube and no one is essentially fact checking us, which is really interesting. It puts a mm-hmm. lot of responsibility and time on us. But then it's like, we are always trying to think of the catchiest title and the best thumbnail. And I'm like, imagine we were someone else without science degrees. And we just would be like, oh, okay, well, why don't we just tweak this a bit? Like, yeah, there's well, no you, harm. You like, see where we're that leads, gonna... even with people like Logan Paul. Like, that's nothing to do with conspiracy, but it is to do with extremist content, right? Yeah. Like, stuff that really is shocking and overvalued. And that, in many ways, is what conspiracy theories fall into. People are fascinated by them. And I think, like, yeah, we should talk a little bit about what does it mean to be fascinated by, like, stories of ghosts, stories of UFOs. Like, because the hard part is... Okay, we really don't have very much, if any, evidence that ghosts are real, okay? But are we saying that none exist, that we shouldn't be allowed to talk about it? Like, what's the line, I think, of saying ASAP Science Video wanted to talk about 
UFOs and actually look incredibly at any evidence that ever existed or didn't exist, whatever. Should that video be taken down? Or I guess that's maybe what they're trying to do is find a step like putting a Wikipedia page so you can cross-reference. Hey, here's a controversial topic. Here's another resource so you can at least see if it's like completely off base with what this channel or this video is saying. But or can, recommending. It's like, can you make like you might have to build an algorithm that makes less money for your platform. Yeah. You might have to think less in a capitalist sense and think, okay, if this person's watching a lot of videos about ghosts, the obvious thing what YouTube does now is it su- suggests more videos about ghosts, more videos, right. maybe even about other conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. But actually, if they cared about humanity, they'd be like, okay, why don't we put the next recommended video as something that's actually debunking ghosts? Mm-hmm. Or maybe like a scientific look at ghosts or literally something about something completely out of the wheelhouse to allow people to have a more nuanced perspective on the world. But they haven't thought about that. They've thought about what is the best way to get eyeballs on their Mm. platform to not leave the platform. And that is about, yeah, making money and keeping people within their ecosystems. And we are for the first time really starting to feel the negative aspects of that. And it's just frustrating because we know YouTube, we know their algorithm, and we know that it, there are literally people who I'm like, it's it's your fault. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you have to fix this. Yeah, or there's a you certain point to, where I, I think for long enough, YouTube employees, YouTubers have sat aside and said, like, look, like, no one person's response. Like, I didn't I didn't program it. Like, I'm not. But it's like, no, if you work at YouTube, you're responsible. Like, you're and if you are a YouTuber who doesn't talk about it, doesn't acknowledge it, doesn't try and call out that there is a lot of bad education out there, then you're part of that problem. Because it's like when a corporation gets so greedy and there's so many levels of not just corruption, but money hunger that. No one, no one person, of course, is running the business. It's run by thousands of people, but all that complacency leads into a world that is only leading to a single goal, which is money, which of course is going to lead to problems. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, yeah, it's just come to a point where it's like you can't work at YouTube unless you're actively fighting against this and not say you're part of the problem. And I just, yeah, to wrap this up, I just remember a long time ago, a really high up person at YouTube saying they are so excited for the future when you come home from work and they've built an algorithm that knows exactly right. what you want to watch. That you don't have to click anything. Anything. It just starts, it just playing, starts playing. And I remember there, it was like this time everyone clapped. It was mm-hmm. like, that's genius. There wasn't a critical thought around that notion at mm-hmm. all. And here we are probably about five years later where I I'm like, I don't. I was that long ago that that was said. Yeah. But I mean, it was one of the first sort of like okay. those types of meetings that we went to. And it was like, I don't think they would say that confidently now mm-hmm. in the same way, even though that's the way the system was built and mm-hmm. continues to be built. Yeah. But I think they wouldn't, from a PR perspective, say the same thing because we yeah. now understand from like, a societal perspective. That's a problem. That's a problem. <laughs> like, you know, people like if you're deciding what people want to watch, then you're deciding. The then people you are, are responsible. Think. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. also then you can't say YouTube's not responsible yeah. for what goes on our platform. It's like, no, then you are fully responsible for what's on your platform if you're fully recommending. Yeah, it's like they're always just being like, it's not us, Tube. It's YouTube. Like, throwing it all on us. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I mean, I'm curious to know what other people's thoughts are. I also, like, really want to know, like, what other people's favorite conspiracy theories are. There's one I didn't talk about. I won't go into it, but his name is John I love how you're just, like, going back into, like, this. I'm just going to tell you the premise. John Titer, 1998, sent a fax, was from the future, disappeared for years, 
2003 comes back on the forums is like a man from the future explaining that he knows all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I got real deep into John Titor. It was very fascinating. What did he know? He, I, well, you'd have to go This is so hypocritical that we're literally no. like, and this <laughs> is only creating damage, and I'm literally like, we're ending no, 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 by, no, no, who's John Titor? What did he say? I'm Should I brush my like, teeth? Should I, I floss? I want to know other people's conspiracy theories, and oh, that was right. another one that stood out that I didn't talk about. So you really love conspiracy theories, but you're able I don't, to see. I don't anymore. It's just when okay. I was young, it shows how susceptible and how exciting it is when you're young. Yeah, yeah. To like read those stories and yeah. to be like, oh my gosh, a person from the future has come back to our time yeah. and is on this website. And your brain's website. still developing yeah. and you're still figuring out how the world works and it's easy to get together to stick it to the government or yeah. whatever. Anyway, uh, use the hashtag side note podcast to let us know or at Whale Watching Please or at Mitchell Moppet and we will maybe share some of your experiences as a comment corner yeah, on tell next us. podcast because that'd be really fun. Otherwise, thank you for watching. Oh, uh, thank you for listening. <laughs> and we'll You'll see hear you from next, us week. next week. Bye. Peace. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.